0: Welcome back to the Down in the Dirt Podcast where we are getting dirty talking baseball and I am your host, Carson Lee. Thank you guys for joining me again on episode number 12 of the podcast. This episode will be part two of the conversation I had with Pete Jorgen and Justin Cortesis on how to survive a professional baseball season, talking about the ups and downs we go through, the habits you adapt on and off the field to be successful and the experience of playing in a different country. Before listening to this episode, be sure you have listened to part one that dropped last week. I also want to share some exciting news with you guys and give a huge shout out to Pete Jorgen because this week he got the call that he is being promoted to go play in the United Shore League in Michigan with the Westside Woolly Mammoths. So he will be finishing off the last few weeks of the season with those guys. So big congrats to Pete. I'm so happy for him to get this opportunity. I also want to share the news with you guys that the Down in the Dirt podcast is now on Spotify. This now gives us five major streaming platforms, and I know a lot of you guys like using Spotify, especially for you Android listeners, so I hope this makes it easier to find the show. You can now find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio soundcloud and youtube as always i appreciate you guys for listening and tuning into the show while you're here it would be greatly appreciated if you could rate and review the show on whatever listening platform you are listening on this helps the show grow and also attract sponsors if you leave me a comment with who you think is going to win the world series this year along with your review of the podcast under it I will pick one lucky winner in the coming weeks and then send them something from me. Be sure to also tag me on social media whenever you are listening to the episode and share the podcast with your friends if you can. This will allow the podcast to grow and will allow more and more kids access to the knowledge and information I'm trying to provide to help make the game better. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast and have notifications on so that you will know whenever a new episode drops and if you aren't following me on Instagram be sure to follow me at Carson Lee 5 so you can get updates on the show and feel free to send in a question to be answered on a future episode but before we get started with this episode I want to tell you guys about my friends over at Jigsaw Massa- Massage do you like massages have you tried out percussion therapy At JigsawMassage.com, we have the most powerful percussion therapy device on the market with a lifetime warranty and free shipping in the United States. Get ready for real results in pain management with deep tissue massage. Recover faster, feel better, and get pain relief. Shop now at JigsawMassage.com. And be sure to use my discount code, Carson Lee, all one word, when purchasing to get yourself a discount. Let me tell you guys, I have been using Jigsaw Massage now for the last six months. I used them all throughout the season, and I've started using them now through the off season as well. And I can't tell you guys how recovered I feel, not only after the games, but now after my workouts, due to using the Jigsaw Massage. I highly recommend checking them out. Now, on to this week's episode, part two of catching up with Pete Jorgen and Justin Cortes on how to survive a professional baseball season. Justin, can you... going somewhere with
1: that, but then I...
0: <laughs> can you... Uh, I want you to talk about this, because um, me and you have talked about it personally, one-on-one. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I want you to talk about the mental struggle you've gone through. Um... With playing in the Victorian League, Victoriaville League, a uh, Victorian—that's an era. I'm thinking of like Europe here. Uh, the Victoria, <laughs> this the is Victoria, basically little Europe over here. <laughs> playing in the Victoriaville League versus not playing in a quote-unquote, you know, respected professional league this year. To get so, the, just to get those baseball reference numbers.
1: So, what do you mean? Like what? What just the- like. The mental struggle of me staying here instead of playing in a different league that people – it's a little more well-known?
0: Yeah, just like what we've talked about. You don't know – you're not knowing if you made the right decision or not.
1: Okay, so the decision that I've made to stay here, I question myself all the time because I'm seeing guys that I was training that we all three were training with down in Florida being moved to American Association teams. I got a message the other day that uh, uh, a friend of mine was getting moved to Ottawa, a guy I pitched with. And I was like, yeah, well – that's great, and it's all coming from teams that I should have went and played for, that I had the opportunity to go play for whenever I got released from fullback. And I'm like, staying here, did I make the right choice? Staying here, I've made more connections with guys that have been around the game longer in this league because, like I said, they're older. So they have they have good baseball connections as well. <laughs> and this league that I'm in isn't really well-known in the U.S., but it's really well-known and respected here in Quebec is what I'm finding out. And me playing in the can help people get their eyes on me in this league because the Can-Am's, you know, well-respected in the U.S. and extremely well-respected here in Canada because it's the highest form of professional ball besides, you know, I guess like the Olympics and like the Pan American Games and stuff like that. So I feel like I've made a good choice to stay here because it keeps eyes on me from people who report back to respected people here in Canada for the higher leagues. So I feel like it's done well for that. But as for a numbers standpoint, I I wish I would have went and played somewhere that gave me more numbers. But I don't know how my arm would have done with that. You know, there's a whole bunch of you know elements that come into that as well. Me staying here and having only to play four games a week not only allowed me to pitch, but I have also got to play the field this year, which is something that's been denied for me and all my other places that I went and played for some reason. And, you know, these guys giving me a shot I've seen to produce and I really loved playing here. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of been like mentally stressful for me kind of all season because I've loved playing here. And these guys take really good care of me and this team like really respects me. And this this town is very warming towards me, which makes being here and being away from my family and being away from, you know, honestly, people who just speak English. Like I know we were joking about that earlier, but them being that way made it easier decision for me to stay here. But I do mentally struggle with it because I'm seeing these other players get moved to higher leagues because they went and played in a different league. But that doesn't mean that I'm not being looked at as well for those positions as well. Maybe they just, you know, they're like, oh, well, he was here earlier in the year. He didn't do so hot this time or that time. You know, it, it's a whole bunch of things that may be out of my control. But I think staying here and producing the way that I produce because I've been pitching really well. I've been hitting really well, has done me well for my career and I think for my mental attitude towards baseball it's kept me in love with the game but is it, for like a career standpoint i it i don't think it was a bad decision for me it may have not just been the best one though yeah.
0: what is there any kind of a mental struggle just not having just the numbers on baseball reference like just not being able to, to say that So these that numbers they're are fierce? online i don't know if they'll, they're on well then that's well that's what i mean the fact that they're they're elsewhere and not just directly correlated with everything else all in one place. Is that right. kind of tough? I'm
1: not, sure, I'm not sure if we could link those, or I'm sure I could find some way to link those stats from this league into baseball reference so they are available to those who do, like if somebody is trying to scout me or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not like this league doesn't keep records of uh, how the games go and everything. They actually do a really good job of it, of keeping the stats and the scorebooks.
0: Okay, so we have a uh, live question coming in. Uh, Go ahead and ask this. It's from Sparky911 on Instagram. Sparky911. All right. Favorite ballpark you've played in this year in the city with the best fans? For all of us? Yeah.
1: Georgie, start us off.
2: Well, I got started off.
1: Guys, um, I talk too much.
2: That's tough. I mean, especially just from, is it anywhere or what, like just the league that we were just in? You just said I mean, from this just year. Anywhere. Yeah, just anywhere. Just anywhere. Favorite Ooh. ballpark
0: you played in in City with Best Fans?
2: I would have to say my favorite ballpark. I would probably have to say when we played in Evansville was probably my favorite just because because the history there and like that's where they made uh, a league of their own you know that's a pretty cool ballpark that's cool. uh the fans ooh that's tough because I got to play I played in Roswell and then I got to play in Bakersfield this year too so to my my team <laughs> this year and my team last year so fan, exactly <laughs> dude it caught it caught on once I changed it this year too. Once I changed my walk-up song back, so dang it. So I would say both. I mean, it's a it's a tie between those. So because I when when we went back to Bakersfield, they played my walk-up song and everything when I was there. So that was <laughs> pretty cool, and everybody's chanting. So
1: it's always nice to get some love from a, a past team, especially right. if you go play against them.
0: Justin, yours
1: this year, Quebec was.
0: Oh, Quebec has the best
1: to, crowd. Best place
0: to play baseball in North America.
1: The, Quebec's just a beautiful place with beautiful people, <laughs> <laughs> but their crowd gets like uh, on when they really promoted. Their crowd TV, they pack out their stadium. Their little Pierre Garden gets full, and it's just like they're they're into the game. So Quebec has got the best crowd, in my opinion, for this year. But my favorite park, I probably. Like, Quebec's nice, but I really don't like the turf. Like, in the outfield, that kind of just, like, I don't know. It just doesn't do good things for me. So, I'd probably say my favorite park this year would probably be Ottawa. Or maybe uh, Lancaster. I actually really like playing at Lancaster. Though.
0: Lancaster's sweet, too. Lancaster That's was a
1: pretty sweet park. I didn't get to pitch it. I didn't. I went to Maryland to the Crabs Park, which was really nice. I didn't get to the pitch there, though, but that was a cool park. But it was uh, – It was like a crummy day, so there was like ten people watching the game.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think. I think for me, Cal City.
1: Oh no, down (laughs) and down. Best part around.
0: Don't (laughs) comment. I think for me, for me, it definitely was going to be Evansville. But since Pete took that, I'm going to take a one A or one B. I'm a baseball historian, so anything with history just like fascinates me, especially mm-hmm. something like it's like
2: Bosfield um,
1: was it Evansville the Steelyard? Is that what it was called?
2: No. The Steel Yard is Gary. Yeah, Gary's uh, Gary. yeah. Uh, that's
0: <laughs> a sweet ballpark. That was like voted in baseball jo- digest as like the number one minor league stadium in the country. Or maybe an independent ball. I'm not sure which really? one it was. Yeah. That's and strange. their uniform, their uniforms they have. Ooh, man, they are fresh. But um, speaking of uniforms, Pete, did you see Florence's new uniforms? The red, the red one, and the gray ones, and they had the cursive writing.
2: Yeah, I did see those. They I are. Wondered those, about are that. Those, those are. Those fresh. are
0: fresh. Sick. They're really nice.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. But I say favorite ballpark. I'm torn between Florence and Garden City, just because both of them had turf. I <laughs> like playing on turf. You um, like garden? It was easy to hit there. I saw the ball so well there.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I just hated when the wind blew in, but like, oh, hell, hell, I just when saw it, was the, it. Well, the first half yeah. of the season it was blowing out, and then the wind switched and the second half. It was howling in.
1: Oh yeah, uh, when it's cold, it blows out. When it's cold, it blows from like from the north. I remember that because I'd be freezing on the mountain and the wind would be like <laughs> blowing in my face.
0: Yeah. Uh, best fans, I'd have to say our fans in Garden uh, without a doubt, whenever they showed up the place was packed, it was a lot of fun to play there um, we have another question from Chris 1334 underscore D he just wants to know if we play minor league baseball yes, we all play minor league baseball um, we play independent ball, which is a form of minor league baseball, it is just not affiliated with Major league teams. Um, okay, now so I want to talk. I want to talk about uh, kind of the habits you develop during the season to allow yourself to still have success, um, stay consistent, but also keep yourself healthy. Kind of what goes into to getting through a season? Because Pete, this is your first full season now, right? Yeah. So now we've all had a full season. Uh, Justin, you have you have two now. I this have two, and you have. Yes, yeah, so you have one. Uh, so, kind of what goes into
2: goes into that? Cortez is leading us off since I left the last one.
1: <laughs> All right. So this year I tried something different. Usually I don't lift during the season just because I am a pitcher. Like I said, I, they don't let me play the field. Hurts my heart a lot, but. uh, like i I usually during the season i found that i was more productive uh without lifting it was just more beneficial for my arm and my flexibility especially since i pitched with very different mechanics it seems to be changing month to month now but i just never lifted so this year i decided to try to lift during the season and i tried to figure out what lifts would be beneficial so i was doing a little bit of off season like testing around with it for a couple weeks and like while trying to stay healthy which is i found that i've maintained a little bit healthier of a body this year because most of the time during season um i think you guys can relate you don't really eat the best and you're always on the go and you're kind of exhausted so your body just kind of like you try to maintain a healthy lifestyle and a healthy physique but it kind of just doesn't happen like that all the time just because of all the situations that we're in. So yeah. it, it's it's very hard to maintain a healthy lifestyle and like a healthy physique and especially just kinda of stay healthy through the year. But I, I really focus this year on trying to eat like a very just good diet of healthy foods. And I've I feel great and like my body feels great this year with lifting how I did. But I'm still just it's the end of the year of a long season and i'm like my body is still just as, as exhausted as it was last year after playing for so long but i think i've i could definitely see a difference in how my body's producing this year with lifting and eating compared to last year mm-hmm. and that shows with my numbers because I, last year i was just a pitcher only and i put about the same amount of innings as a reliever in as i did this year and the results are uh, i have a little bit better numbers as of this year with the league that i'm in now which i think would be pretty close to similar to the league i was in last year with you guys so the results are a little bit better from doing that this year but it takes a lot like i wake up in the morning uh, i make sure i eat a good breakfast i stretch for an hour before i go to the gym i go i make sure my gym habits like The days that I really don't want to go, I definitely make sure I go because it's like it's a mental struggle some days and a physical struggle some days when you really don't want to go do something. I kind of just want to lay around and I know if I do that, I'm not going to be as good as I could be the next day whenever I need to be producing and performing. So really, you just got to kind of mentally just make yourself do a lot of things to physically do stuff. Yeah. I think that was, like, the hardest part this year, especially, like, I'm by myself a lot of the time, so I have to self-motivate to go do that. Like, last year, whenever I'd have somebody, if somebody didn't want to go do something, I would just ask somebody else. I'd ask one out of ten people. Somebody was probably going to, or ten people, somebody was probably going to go to the gym with me. But here, it's a little bit harder since my teammates aren't around me like they were in the settings that we were last year. So, I don't know. You, you honestly just got to find a habit that works for you and that's another thing you can't like the things that i do aren't going to be beneficial for pete like the way that i eat and the way that i work out and the way that i do all my stuff aren't probably going to be beneficial for you because you're playing a catcher position Mm -hmm. and like it's that's a thing that a lot of people i think get confused they're like oh well this worked for this guy like but that guy found out by doing all these things for him is what's going to make him as successful as possible. So you got to kind of just try a bunch of things out during the off season and see what's going to work for you during season and then condense it down to something that you can still do during the season and be productive at a high level.
2: Right.
1: And then you got to stick to it, which is the hardest thing. Like for the last 2 weeks, I'll be honest, I fell off. My diet's fell off. I still gone to the gym. But instead of making sure that I'm in there for two hours, at least getting my work in, I was only there for an hour and a half. And I started just to, like, skip a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then it started to show in my performance. And I was like, all right, I got to cut that out. So now I'm back at a little bit better regiment of where I was midseason. So you just got to stick with it, man. That's the hardest thing
2: yeah so what you mean you don't eat double cheeseburgers for penny's diners for every meal in Alpine?
1: <laughs> god i would kill i would physically kill for a double cheeseburger
0: <laughs> oh you'd sit there for about three hours before you get the burger though <laughs> oh my god and if you are listening to this and you live in alpine or not live but if you go to alpine texas do not go to alp to penny's diner
1: you know what skip all that drive to primo's burger in mojave california and get a pancake special and take care of yourself from there.
0: Skip all that. Just drive to Adelanto and go to uh, Apollo Burger.
1: Apollo Burger! Oh, my God. I tell everybody about that. I even tell the French people that don't speak English about it. <laughs> I'm like, you go to California? Go to Victor. Apollo. And then Apollo Burger.
2: <laughs> what, what? Why did it sound like you were trying to translate to a Japanese person
1: there? <laughs> Dude, I've tried Japanese, Spanish, English, terrible he's French.
0: Tried, he's tried specific, too.
1: I've tried, like, numbers, hieroglyphics.
0: <laughs> I think that <laughs> was shy.
1: Like, time me hungry. And they're like, no.
0: Oh. <laughs>
2: All right, oh, Pete. Man. Uh, I would would have to say uh, just the gym was the biggest part for me this year. I mean, obviously, the nutrition was crap, especially if I'm asking about double cheeseburgers from Pennies. But, (laughs) I mean, they were good. They just, you know, not what you need. Um, But, no, like, every time we were home, I mean, every single day, I think I found myself in the gym. I mean, Carson, you know, when we were in Florence, I mean, I was probably the first one into the clubhouse every day, and I was back in a little weight. Last weight room that they had too. yeah so i was always you know i was just trying to take care of my body more this year because last year i don't think i lifted one weight and i think for it being my first year just trying to be more more about baseball than anything just more about mechanics in the swing and like throwing and stuff and then um i ended up like getting a little banged up last year from all of it so this year i wanted to take care of my body a little bit better so i was definitely in the gym more times than anything so and it wasn't like i was lifting just lightweight either like i was actually doing some heavy lifting as well trying to keep my strength up and everything so
1: um did you feel a difference between this year and last year pete from doing that oh for sure
0: you must have been reading my mind that's where i was going
1: yeah
2: for sure i felt a huge difference i mean obviously i lost weight Oh, uh, just right. in the nutrition aspect. I mean, but I felt like I have leaned out more, and I just I feel more cut than I have than I have ever had. So
0: did you did you ever feel like you like hit a wall at any point just because you weren't used to the like you kind of hit that wall of like okay well last year the season was over at this point now I got to keep going for x amount of games or was it kind of a breeze?
2: It was actually kind of a breeze this year. Like right now, I mean my. I think it's it's more my arm that's a little tender, and I think that's just from the mileage I put on it this year from catching. But other than that, like my legs feel great. Like I have no knee problems at all. Um, everything just feels fine. So just work through it like like it was easy. So I
0: think I think that's my biggest thing is being <coughs> being able to pace yourself. Throughout the season and not burning yourself out all at one time, Uh Uh, you know, not not taking that first week and just going (laughs) overboard with everything you're doing, and then a month later you're burnt out because now you've you put too much strain on your body. So I think that's what I've really learned, and what I kind of I feel like I really was able to really do well this year was to pace myself and listen to my body and know what I needed at certain Mm -hmm. situations. And then, you know, like you said about the nutrition, yeah, it sucks. Um, But, you know, when you are able to eat healthy, I think taking that advantage and making sure you're able to eat as healthy as possible um, whenever you have that opportunity. And then, like you said, you know, just getting in the gym. uh, If you need to take a a rest day, you know, take a rest and and get some sleep. Because I think that's why I asked you earlier about what the amount the california side versus the mountain side because i think for me that was my biggest thing is that the travel put such a strain on me that i was i I was losing so much sleep from it Mm -hmm. and uh so kind of like the second half of the year i was really prioritizing getting my sleep um i used to take a nap before every game and that the nap really like was a second boost for me i would take my nap and i'd wake up and i'd feel energized for the game yeah So I think that's my biggest thing that you know I really was learning was how to pace myself throughout the season and and learning that you know okay some days I need this some days I need that Mm -hmm. Um, and then just doing the things that you got to do to to remove yourself from baseball at all times like I like listening to podcasts you know listen to podcasts or go hang out hang out with the guys Um, just whatever Mm -hmm. whatever you know you got to do
2: yeah I think that's the other thing to like going off that is there's we had quite a few rookies on the team this year and some of them I felt like they struggled mentally and like if they were doing if they were weren't doing so hot at the plate then like it just showed all the time and there's times where like I kind of told them like hey like don't even pick up a baseball today like if you're like if you're not in the lineup don't even pick don't even think about baseball because that's the hardest thing for us is cuz we played what 60 games and just as many days (laughs) we don't we don't really get that mental break that we need from the game you know to go and do what we want to clear our heads or anything because we're always at the ballpark doing something so it's like you know sometimes you need that day where it's like you know take bp take your swings whatever but other than that don't even think like just enjoy the game
0: yeah just
2: have you know just have fun being in in the dugout today don't even think about playing or anything
0: like that. Well, that's know? like, you know, I, piggybacking off that, there were days when, like, like, if I was feeling good, like, really good, and I was, you know, I was having a string of three or four good days, I would only take, like, maybe one round of BP that day, or I mm-hmm. wouldn't take a BP at all. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys some guys may look at that and say, like, you know, whatever, look at it in a negative light. Yeah. But for me, that was my way of, of staying in that zone that I was in, staying, cause trying to stay consistent um, go back to pacing myself, because yeah. you know I don't want to want to continue swinging and maybe I have a bad round and now mm-hmm. I'm start starting to think about my swing. Okay, am I doing something wrong? Am I you know not letting the ball get to me? Just whatever the case may be. Now that <laughs> may ca- carry over to the game. So now that I've put together a string of three or four good days, hey Skip, you mind if I take one just one round today? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, take my one round, get out, just to feel yeah. it. Um, so I think for me, like doing little things like that, like, you know, I think people don't realize like how crucial those kind of things are. Yeah, right. Um, you know, like halfway through the season, I started working with our shortstop. Um, uh, I'd take my, my one round BP and then the next two rounds or next two groups go out to shortstop and me and him would just play games, um, as far as taking ground balls, but we'd have competitions, uh, you know, so things like that to keep it loose. Um, while you're still trying to get better every day, mm-hmm. you don't have to sit there and just take repetition, repetition, fungo. Um, right. you know, I went over there and we're we're playing games. Um, you know, he, we're we're talking while we're doing it. We're talking um, strategies. You know, how to get better defensively, angles, uh, footwork. You know, I, I'm picking his mind and things that helps him. But then we're playing the ball live and having competitions off these balls. Um, so you know, stuff like that, man. Like. To be able to, like I said, it all goes back to pacing yourself, what mm-hmm. your body needs, uh, and how you can make it through the season.
1: That's well, a big one, though. You got to listen. You honestly have to listen to your body. Like, if you're physically there, there's a difference between, you know, soreness and like an injury pain or like real pain. You work through the soreness, but like you have to listen to your body. If it's in real pain and you need the day, take the day. Like yeah. like you said, yeah. just take a kind of just reliever of it doesn't mean you have to forget about everything but it's okay to have fun and just you know enjoy it
2: mm-hmm.
0: so we have another question that just came in from warrior cat lover 88 what's your favorite part about baseball
1: shoot Can't tell you the real answer. What's the real, what real answer? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's. I mean, that's hard.
2: That. Go ahead.
1: What's your favorite part, Carson?
0: Trying to read. Um. I mean, I think it's just the competitiveness, and I think the guys you meet along the way, truly, yeah. truthfully, because I think my best, the best friends I have are coming from baseball. You know. You guys in partic- particular would never met you guys had we not played together last year. Uh, one of the guys I met this year that was on our team uh, going to be someone else that's going to be friends for life. Um, so I think it's just the guys that you meet along the day, and then just the competitiveness of playing day in day out, the things we get to experience, um, playing in yeah. front of crowds, playing in front in, on you know in stadiums. Like you can't beat that kind of stuff. Exactly.
2: I was I was literally about to say those same two things because it's like where you know for me where else would I I have been able to travel the country and see the places that I've seen if it wasn't for this game you know what I mean right like there's it no way set, I
1: it gave us that opportunity to go places that like I probably would have eventually like made it to California or maybe up here to Canada but this kind of made it possible to happen right now like it yeah. gave me yeah. that reason to go exactly so yeah yeah I, i'd agree with that
2: yeah because i don't think i would have ever found myself in roswell new mexico if it wasn't for baseball <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean roswell is a pretty interesting place though yeah, all the yeah i loved that roswell, like the that street it and just
2: it's just alien 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 i mean it's everything's alien out there
0: it's wow. really interesting really interesting uh justin i want. You know, because, like I said at the beginning of the show, the thing I like about your situation is that you're showing that there's avenues to continue playing in different parts of the world. Right. Uh, Just because you're not playing professionally in the United States doesn't mean you can't go play somewhere else. And it doesn't mean that going to play somewhere else can't lead to a professional opportunity. Oh, exactly. so I'll, I'll just can you just give some some feedback on that aspect of what you're doing because of the fact that now you have been able to play in Canada for the whole year, and just just kind of that experience because I think that that's something that guys rule out and they don't realize how cool traveling the world to play baseball could actually be and how beneficial it could be.
1: Right. Well, like I said, this wasn't even this wasn't even part of my plan to like stay here this year. Um, and it kind of just like fell on my lap whenever i got released from quebec the manager was like what are you going to do i told him my plan he said well if i could find something that could keep you around here and you know one of the big thing that we really struggle or i struggle with is uh, finances during a full season usually if i was going to be playing in the pecos or pacific like you guys have like we've mentioned here before the pays if you do get paid Congratulations, but usually not that much. If you do, um, so what kind of made me stay here was like it was a good financial situation for me. The team I'm playing with, they're playing at a competitive level that I find that would keep me in shape and ready for in case a professional team still wanted to offer and pick me up. Um, but it allowed me to live here and experience a completely different culture that I didn't even realize. Like like when we came through last year I you know Quebec's the only territory in Canada that speaks French but I didn't realize how like dominant it was here until I've lived here for two months and it's just given me a eye-opening like experience on a completely different lifestyle that these people live up here like how very clean these people are up here and they're very healthy but and it's just the the different things that like the things that are just very different here that they are in the U.S. like the quality of everything, like the quality of life here is very, very good. Like, and and I've enjoyed living here, but I I was given this opportunity from baseball and and I've lived up here without really coming out of pocket for the past two months, just because of playing a game. And and I, and to think of that as I've gotten to live outside my own country, basically for free. And, you know, I I keep making the joke that I, I really haven't had anybody to talk to, but I mean, Honestly, I it hasn't. I haven't hated it that much because I've stayed here for almost you know two and a half months, and, and it's a beautiful country to live in. It's a beautiful place to be. I, I'm seeing things and meeting people that are, you know, just so interesting. And the people that I do get to meet through this game are, you know, just because I'm in a not professional league or a smaller caliber league, so to say, in the eyes of some. I'm meeting high caliber people who've been to the higher leagues and who have the connections that would help me further my career. And, uh, you know, it's, you never know who you're going to meet and where you're going to meet them. And this was giving me another opportunity to play that wouldn't bankrupt the bank and kind of kept me just relevant in the baseball world in an area that I wanted to be in. So, and it was very easy for me to find, but, you just gotta go, like, and that's one of the hardest things for a lot of people to do is just be able to pick up and leave. I was given—I'm in a situation now in my life where I really don't have any outstanding bills. Uh, you know, my vehicle's paid for, and I can just up and leave and go places, and I have that luxury. But I know some guys are different. Some guys have kids. Some guys have houses. Some guys have bills that you know they come every month, and they financially can't afford it. But if you are if you love this game and you really want to go enjoy playing somewhere, you can find the avenues of playing somewhere. It just may not be close to where you are now, but they're everywhere in and outside the country. But you just have to be able to, you have to be willing to be able to sacrifice, you know, you have to be able to sacrifice a few things to go and do stuff like this.
0: But I mean, you're getting a life experience at the expense of baseball. Right. Because you're you're getting to live in another country in another culture and immerse yourself of that um, for you know five six months four months at a time right uh, Whereas if you're doing anything else you're not going to get that opportunity uh, so. and it's
1: been and it's been beyond a character building um, thing for me personally because I, I feel like I'm very independent you know I, ever since I've turned eighteen I've kind of like just gone. And that's from college. Like I went through a couple different schools through my college career just from traveling around and getting different opportunities. And then after college, I went into my professional career, which I just kept traveling. So I figure I'm a very independent person. And my two months up here, I've had to have people basically kind of hold my hand and walk me through all kinds of stuff, ordering food at restaurants just because it's in a different language. Like I went to go. I can change. I've changed my oil in my truck. You know, ever since I've owned my vehicle, I have this car up here now and like I've had to have people change my oil on my car, but I had to have somebody call up to the place and schedule the appointment because it was like impossible for me to do it by myself. So it was, you have to learn how to be, I don't know, you I, like I said, I'm very independent, so it was hard for me to do that at first was to ask for help, but I couldn't get it done any other way, so... I, I had to, you know, ask for help. And some people don't speak English, so you got to kind of broken French together a sentence and just figure it out. It, it, it's definitely been a growing phase for me up here, being immersed up here by myself. But, I mean, I, I'm I'm very thankful for it.
0: And that's the great thing about this game, is just, yes, we get to play, you know, we get to meet all these cool people, but the true life experiences, the life values, uh, character building, the things that, that carry over to everyday life that's going to be with you for the rest of your life and help you have a high quality of life. Like Those are the things I feel like we tend to overlook with this opportunity and we don't appreciate the fact that, that we get those things. Right. Uh, so you know, I'm glad you're able to have that experience and have that perspective on it because and I truly do envy you that you're up in Canada getting to do that, and you know, I would love to be able to travel and and be able to play baseball at the same time in a different country the way you are. Right. And uh, I think that's been one of my toughest things on this journey the last like few years is because you you know we all know that this game's not going to last forever. At some point that that door is going to shut. And, you know, when I first started doing this, I really wanted to go play overseas and go see the world. But at the same time, I wanted to give myself the most realistic opportunity to play professionally in the States, see if I can get into affiliated ball and take my chance trying to get to the show. Because at the end of the day, that's why we're all playing. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I I get torn at times because it's like, do I give up the luxuries of professional baseball to go play overseas and get a life experience and know that this is coming to the end of my career basically, or do I keep grinding it out over and over again day in, day out trying to play professionally over here, trying to get in one of the higher leagues and not go take the life experience somewhere playing overseas, but then at at the same time not know if I'm going to get that opportunity later on down the line. And then once baseball is over, I'm not going to be able to travel in the same sense I would because of baseball. I may get to go for a few weeks at a time, but I'm not going to get to go live in another culture completely paid for and, you know, be able to to be a resident there for six, five months at a time. Uh, So in that sense, I envy you because I know that's a tough decision because I battle with that every day of not knowing what I want to do. And, uh, you know, so because of that, you know, I I think it's awesome, the fact that you're you're doing that.
1: I think, I think, sorry about that, I spaced out for a second, but I think (laughs) you, uh, (laughs) I think it's not a bad choice to play overseas if you want to do it now. Like I said, I've enjoyed, I've really thoroughly enjoyed playing here. Do I think it may have been the best for my career this year? Honestly, probably not. Just because I've missed out on a lot, getting a lot more innings in, in front of more eyes, and a place where people have a better idea of what I can do, and probably could help move me to different leagues and stuff like that. But I, I've loved, I've loved this experience so much that I, I can't wait for next year, like to go wherever I'm going to go. Because I know I'll go home and do whatever I do for the winter. But then I know whenever next year comes back around for season. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going to be, but I'm looking forward to it already. And it could be – I could be back home somewhere in the States or I could possibly be overseas again. But I really enjoyed this year, and it was such a good experience that I don't think it was a bad thing because it's helped me keep that love for the game. Like, man, it's it's hard to beat. So if you really want to go overseas and play overseas, I think that's what you should do because if that's what your heart really wants to do and you just want to travel – four days out of the week and play the other three, I think that's what you should do. If that's what's going to keep your heart into it. But that's me. <laughs> say
0: we know what you're saying. Man. I want to tra- transition now uh, before we start winding down. The last thing, Justin, I want you – I know you're not done playing yet, but I want you to put yourself in the off-season phase for this question. Okay. Um, so for all three of us, um, uh, kind of just talking about what's next, you know, what happens now that the season's over? Where do we go from here? Where does an independent baseball player move on? Uh, what's the next step? What's the next six months going to look like? What's the fall going to look like? Um, and kind of just the, the, you know, the next part of the journey that, that comes with it as far as getting your workouts in and then finding a place to play next year. Okay. So that's so I know you're not done yet um, just put yourself in a
1: but that isn't but I've a, already uh, I, I've already started making plans for after season though and, and you have to at this point I mean I know I'm basically a month out but I was making a phone call a week I was making phone calls a week ago trying to just get wheels turning and I think that's the extra footwork that we were talking about earlier that I've learned that you've got to take like you, you've got to put in those extra steps of just sending a text or a phone call to somebody or an email or getting in touch with somebody who's got those connections to get the wheels going for after season.
2: What are you doing with your beard?
1: Right <laughs> I'm going to braid it. Leave me alone.
0: <laughs> you look like Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean. But why is all the rum going? <clears throat> People that are watching this on YouTube are going to be...
1: They're going to be so intrigued. Like, I was so going to grow like, this thing out to put a bead in it, and then it got very long and very scraggly, and I didn't know how the Canadians would feel about me having a bead in my beard. Oh, oh
2: that's wonderful.
1: Oh my, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine a bead right there?
0: That <laughs> <It> is wonderful. <laughs> Pete, Pete, how about you? What's... uh? What's next? What's what's <coughs> to hold?
2: Uh, uh, well, I mean, right now I'm a free agent, so basically just going to work out this off season and then. Well, what do you think?
0: Are we are we thinking about going back with Joe? Uh, doing the Black Sox thing?
2: I mean, I enjoyed it honestly. I mean, just the the competition down there, I thought was really good. Um. You know, from a hitter standpoint, because you had guys that were throwing, you know, eighty-eight plus. So I mean, it was it was good competition down there, and then just the guys in general. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say we made more contacts with other guys down there than this entire season itself. You know, oh, yeah. just from guys from outer outside leagues as well. So I
1: think uh, Joe does a good job of
2: it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. For those of you that that don't know um, who Joe is, Joe is the operator of Black Sox Baseball. Um, On Instagram, it's at Black Sox Pro Baseball. And what Joe does is basically basically acts as an agent uh, for any baseball player, pretty much. uh, Affiliated guys, independent guys, uh, free agents, and... He puts together camps down in Florida, uh, where you just go down there and play for a month, or really, actually, however long. He's pretty much down there year round, having stuff going on. So you can technically go play for however long you want. Uh, you know, you go down there and play for him. He gets you in front of guys. He gets you out at, at camps and tryouts, and uh, he gets you in front of these managers. And then throughout the season, you know, vouches for you, tries to help help you get moved up, do whatever he can. Uh, so that's what we're talking about because all three of us went down to Florida last year with Joe. Um, we had the Black Sox stuff to get some innings in, uh, played every day uh, for me and Pete. Justin, you know, threw multiple times a week at multiple innings. Uh, so it's, it's a good idea for anyone that is looking into getting professional baseball. It's a good avenue to take. Uh, he'll really help you out. He's really knowledgeable.
1: Uh, now we will – I'll give you the, the, the Joe – Joe is a great guy. I think Joe does a great job of putting us in front and giving us the situation and the platform to showcase ourselves. But if you do not come down there ready, you will hear about it and it will not be something that's for you because it is a serious atmosphere. And Joe has a little unorthodox, unorthodox methods about some things, but the guy gets results and he's, uh, I'll vouch for him and I'll say he's pretty good at what he does and you know you just got to become you have to be ready to perform while you're there and that's it and that would be like my only tidbit of advice if you were going to work with joe is just come ready like and if you're not ready and it shows it's very difficult to you know help put you somewhere because it's this guy's got a standard that he puts his name behind and if you're not up to that standard it's hard to put your name on something like that. And that's where the business aspect comes out of it, which we've all learned. It's a big part of it at this point.
0: Well, and that's the thing about this industry is that when you put your name behind somebody, they are a direct representation of you. Mm -hmm. And so if you continue to send guys over and over and over again to these teams and these guys, just, they're just, let's just say that they are horrible. Um, just not baseball players that should be there, but you continue to send these these type of quality of guys, then people at some point are going to stop trusting you and stop mm-hmm. listening to your word. And that's the tough part about this industry when it comes to getting moved up, is having that guy that can vouch for you in that sense that is respected and that has the results where teams know that, okay, if he's sending me a guy, he's a quality player and he can right. get the job done.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, Which uh, I, I so know, I think Joe's got that kind of... Joe has got that kind of insight and he's getting a lot more with the each passing year with the Black Sox. Cause I went on the road warrior tour. And like I said, I pitched against Lancaster. I pitched against some Atlantic teams, frontier teams. And I was in front of like the teams that I'm wanting to play for with this man, putting him like he, he was vouching behind me, putting me on the mound basically. So it was, but I came ready and I put in the extra work and the time to, you know, prove to him that my name was worthy to be on his piece of paper. So, I think Joe does a great job of doing that of putting putting us in front of where we want to be, but it he puts it on you to be ready. So, are you are you gramming?
0: Yeah, we're we're uh, doing a little Instagram video right there, oh, guys. Please. Over here
1: multitasking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey it's all about marketing right marketing yourself um uh, last thing before we get into uh, the, the last part of the show uh what's your off-season training going to be looking like because i'm get going to the gym as soon as we finish this uh, so what, what's that going to look like for you guys Are y'all it's going to start working out immediately pete if you start work, well you're home you just got home today so i, I guess i, just I got keep home yesterday. I, forget, I, I keep forgetting i've been home longer than you yeah because <laughs> Pete, Pete knocked us out of the first round of playoffs.
1: Uh, Pete did that. Pete has a friggin' uh, good thing of doing that to us for some reason. Yeah, good track record of doing it.
0: Two years in a row now. <laughs> um, but so are we, getting, are we jumping right back up into training and what's our training going to look like? Uh, yeah. Is your training different from
2: um, in-season to off-season? Um. Yeah, I'll probably differ mine. I mean, like I said, I was going decently heavy this this for this end season just to keep my strength up. Um, but I'll probably have to finagle a few a th- uh, few other exercises in there. Probably make my workouts a little bit longer just to help build everything back up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm getting right into it as soon as probably as soon as we get off here. So,
0: and that's you know, that's the thing is that. This really, really, even though it's not respected like a full-time job, but it really is a full-time job. Oh yeah, uh, can't you can't slack off and you can't stop putting in the work, uh, especially when you're in our shoes where you're at the bottom of the totem pole. Um, you know, guys that are higher up that have longer resumes, have better connections, have been there in the higher leagues. Uh, you know, if it's in their heart or their mind where they allow themselves to slack off, they can they can kind of take that that luxury. Um, for us, you know, that's it's you have to do everything you can to make sure you stay in this game. So, you know, that's it's a full time job year round. Uh, it doesn't stop. And that's,
1: yeah. What are you gonna do now, Carson? I've seen you've been back in the gym. Did did you did you lift this heavy during season? As you uh, did, like during. I, are you gonna lift like way heavier now, or are you just gonna like well, crack no, it up a little know, bit or I still,
0: I still lift heavy during the season, but my thing is I'm not doing a lot of volume. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's more sets, lower reps, rep counts. So I'm just focusing on my strength and maintaining it and building it up. Uh, but my workouts are shorter. Whereas now I'll go to the gym for like two hours, but in season, 45 minutes to an hour, just, just a lot of sets, lower reps, just keep that strength. Uh, and now um, I'm kind of going to go back through what I did last year because um, I feel like it really benefited me this year. But kind of start by just rebuilding the foundation, um, get the strength back up to where I normally am. And then I'm going to go through like a strength, a strength phase and then a power phase um, and then like a speed phase about six weeks each. And uh, yeah, I just kind of go from there. Uh, really focusing on my legs, uh, my hamstrings, my quads, uh, do a lot of shoulder care, uh, and then a lot of ab work too. So, you know, and then obviously doing agilities, um, you know, ladders, uh, box jumps, uh, hurdles, any kind of agility thing to get your feet moving.
1: Yeah. See, that's, that's interesting because that's what I'm doing now, but I only do that like once or twice a week. Pete, what's your, are your workouts more like what Carson's saying, or you do like shorter, shorter reps, just bigger weight?
2: Yeah, so like for me, I was about to say, I, I kind of did the same thing as, as him. I think for like my main lift, I only did like four sets, mm-hmm. and the m- most reps I would do was like four. Okay. So, I was just Yeah, off. see,
1: I, I didn't do that. Like, mine, mine was, like, more what Carson was saying for his off season, for me. But that's for as a pitcher, though. But I wasn't doing a lot of weight either.
2: Yeah. So see, for I me, think, go ahead, Pete. You know, because, like, with me, I think I had, I had three workout days. Or uh-huh. three, three separate workouts. I did a reverse lunge workout. I did a hip thrust workout. And then I did a uh, upper body workout. So I was more focused on like my lower half than anything. So.
1: Yeah. So you did two lower half days and then an upper body day. Mm -hmm. Carson, what then? That was in season. Yeah. See, that was me. I did three days a week, but I would do like hour and a half lifts. Like I would run for 20 minutes beforehand, and then do like very lightweight. But I did a lot of supersets. Like I would do three workouts for like an upper body, but I would superset each one of those three workouts. So it'd be like. If I was doing upper body, I would do, like, bench with dumbbells, but I'd do, like, 15 with, like, 20 pounds, and then I would do, like, tricep pulls or something with the same amount of weight, but I would just do a lot of reps, and I found that that kept me tighter and more toned this summer, but I kind of got, like, I felt like my arm was a little more strained from that, but I felt good, like, I was still having good productivity out of (laughs) this I I don't know. Maybe next year I'll have to try your guys' thing and do heavier weight, lighter reps.
0: Well, that's my thing. Just trying to be as strong and explosive as as I can, um, as powerful. uh, You know, trying to move the heavy weight as quick as I can because that's going to translate to the field of that quick twitch. Right. Uh, So that's always my thing. It's just get as strong as I can and not really worry about if I put on. Body weight because I know I'm gonna lose weight during the season. I know I'm gonna I'm gonna lose some of it. So if I can come in a little bit heavier and I'm not gonna be as worried about that. Um, so I think that's my thing is just trying to get as strong as possible. And then that's why I said you know going through a strength phase <coughs> and then a, a power phase. So get as strong as possible. And now once I've, I'm feeling pretty strong, now I'll start trying to move that weight as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. Now let's go for power. Let's let's move that weight. Just, just whatever but i said so i was gonna throw a number out there but i can't i don't even know i don't even know how it's measured so i couldn't throw a number uh, oh, 50 stones i'm moving but you know really using uh, reverse lunges um hip thrust deadlifts rows as kind of like my staples of uh of my workouts so those being like the the Main focus of where my strength is, and then personally for me, um, you know, I know it doesn't work for everybody, and it really has a bad rep. But I like shoulder pressing and I like bench pressing, because um, I feel like it makes my upper body stronger. Because um, my chest is a lot weaker than the majority of my body, because I've not right. really focused on it. Because I've used, to, you know, growing up, it's always focused on the legs, you know, because everyone tells you, you know, don't get too big, don't lift heavy. You got to have flexibility in your sh- in your chest. Well, I've found that I can still be flexible if I have the strength in my chest. Um, okay. So you know, I still I still like focusing on bench press and shoulder pressing, uh, but that's just my preference. I'm not saying that's going to work for everybody, uh, but I know it's, it's now for me worked for three years. Um, but for me, like like I said, if my staples are reverse lunge, hip thrust, deadlifts,
2: and uh, just rowing. It's um, funny you say that you do shoulder pressing and all that because so many people are just like for baseball players they need to stay away from all that. And it's like you can do that as much as you want as long as you're doing the reverse action of it. So like if you're doing exactly. shoulder press, you need yeah. to be doing like lat pull downs and everything just to balance everything out. Exactly. And and you that, know, you gotta find what
1: works for you. Like if that works for you, man, then do it. Like well, that's that's kind of where my mentality on it
0: changed I'm is when I bat boyed. the Astros in 14, and I was in the locker room, and I'm around these big leaguers, and you know, I'm obviously around them when they're getting dressed, and I'm seeing them with their shirts off, and I'm seeing how actually big and defined they are, and how big these guys are in their chest and their shoulders, like, okay, they're obviously lifting heavy in their upper body, I need to be doing the same thing, because it's allowing them to have success, and you look at some of the guys, the biggest guys on baseball that have the best arms, Yasel Puig and Yoanis know, Cespedes. Cespedes is shorter than me, height wise, but he's
2: like a freaking they're, door. They're they're both horses, is what they really are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, if we're gonna say it.
0: So you know, I mean, and both those guys have cannons. So they li- they obviously lift their upper body, and they're not having any trouble throwing wise or anything. They both have hoses. Um, So that's kind of for me where my mindset changed. I saw these guys that looked like that. I was like, you know, I got to hold myself to that same standard. I need my body to get just as strong. Uh, So that's kind of where it came from for me. I kind of said, you know, screw what everyone else is saying about what you're supposed to do. I'm doing it my way.
1: That's it. You got to piece together what works for you, man. And if it's against what everybody's conception is of it and that's what works for you, then do it. But if it's hindering your ability, then don't do it.
0: Like that's and that, that all goes back to the self-reflection, self-evaluation that we talked about. You gotta know what works and what doesn't work for you. You gotta know what your skill set is, and just be realistic with yourself.
1: But you gotta try it first. And that's the thing. I feel like that's a lot of things. Guys are like, oh, well, that's never gonna work because you know so and so said that doesn't work. And it's like, well, you're not so and so. All
0: right. Moving on to Social media questions, and then uh, quick fire, and then we're signing off. But I got three, three of. Them. Okay, <laughs> first one uh, from Jay Hagan underscore five, one of Pete's teammates. Pete's least favorite Pecos umpire. <laughs>
2: uh, let's see, Wes. Wes, really? <laughs> not, not. Not the one that you guys are thinking from last season. It's the guy that we uh, had this year.
0: Oh, you had a new one? Is this the guy that you had the video of that rang you up on the pitch? At your, or, no, so
2: that that was Lonnie. So I got – I don't think Cortez knows about this. So I got – So I got rung up in, on a curveball that was in the other box on a pinch hit at bat. <laughs> yeah. And you know how I am. I really don't get too vocal about with yeah. umpires and all that on it. Oh, I – I mean, I was basically asking to get tossed at this point.
1: You let him have it?
2: Oh, I let him have it. Got all up in his face. Was like just ripping him a new one. Threw my helmet. He wasn't. He wasn't doing anything. I'm walking down towards the bullpen, and this guy, Wes, who literally has the worst strike zone I've ever seen. Right. Um, he's like staring me down, and all I said was, "Don't even look at me, Wes. I've had enough of your crap this week, too." <laughs> He Did wouldn't talk No, he he wouldn't even look at me after that. I was just like, he took it literally. <sighs> like, oh, so, so that's just, see. So we had
0: one. I'm sure y'all had him in Santa Fe. So originally, you know who my least favorite was was Gary. His real name was Larry, but I called him Gary because he yeah, was so no, the old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I <laughs> said he didn't. He didn't deserve to be called by his real name because he was so bad. So I called him Gary. Remember that when we were playing, y'all? When it happened, but there was that pitch. That literally bounced on the ground, yeah, and, he and he called a it. strike, yeah. and then we all went ballistic, and then he threw his hands up and waved it off and said no, it was a ball, and I was like I've never seen that before. But yeah,
2: that Cause that I, dude
0: was that dude was horrible.
2: Were you up to bat for that, or was it somebody else? No, I think it was Pena. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, because Pena lost his cool too, and I we all thought he was going to get
0: yeah. Tossed. That was when he <laughs> chunked his hat and his belt, his uh his helmet and his bat, and he couldn't get tossed. Uh, but beat. mine, mine was uh, the guy from Santa Fe who had the glasses. Um, he was there at the very end of the season, like a Hispanic guy.
2: Uh, we didn't have him then.
0: So this is the, the guy that called my home run ball foul. Oh, that's
2: why. It would have uh, been my that's fifth, why. Yeah, been my seeing, fifth home run. So He
0: calls it foul. And <laughs> then we, when we come back at the end of the season, um, I was sick. I had strep throat when we were playing in Santa Fe. And it was the first game of the series. And he rung me up from behind behind the mound on a check swing that I didn't even go on. Like, my body didn't even move. And he rings me up. And I went ballistic on him. And I went out in the field. I was in his face. And I was like, dude, I don't, I'm like sick. I don't feel good. Like, just toss me and he wouldn't do it.
1: <laughs> he wouldn't throw you out?
2: No. God. But, yeah.
1: These guys are.
2: These guys dude, are tough. Oh, browns. Dude, the umpires were terrible this
0: year.
1: Yo, can't even you maybe... when
0: I was like, even when I was posting those videos on Instagram of like my at bats, people were com- were commenting to me, were like, God, I can't get over how bad these
2: umpires are. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, the the video, <laughs> the video of me getting hit in the helmet, that was that's the umpire I'm talking about. Yeah, that's What's the one. Called? I thought he... Oh, that's Wes. Yeah, that's Wes.
0: Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Was it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, God. no, that's, that was the video I was
2: talking about. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, call, he called one, like, at my chest. And I asked him, like, where it was that? And he was just like, oh, that's below the letters. I was just like, well, that's still not a strike. So. And then that, it wasn't bad. the next pitch. The out. next pitch was more of a strike at my knees. And then the next that's one That's when he called the ball, right? Me. Yeah. And yeah. then the next one almost clipped me in the elbow. And then the final one bangs me in the helmet. Just like, oh, okay. Yeah, What Got is do that.
0: All right. Uh, from Overtime, Justin. Best memory of the season.
2: Are we talking baseball or just any
0: memory? Yeah,
2: baseball. Ooh. That's a good one. I will probably have to say uh, throwing out Rodney Tenney. Just because he led the league in stolen bags this year. I threw him out a couple times.
1: Did Yeah. Oh, come on, computer. I'm trying to, uh... My stupid computer is not, not charging. Hang on. Oh, come on! There's a Is uh, Sen-
2: difficulties over here. Is Senior ah, right. Puss Puss playing with the cord again?
1: No. <laughs> Ah! It's <laughs> Mister Plus boots
2: Why is it not charging? Is it
0: plugged doesn't... into the wall?
2: Yes. He still doesn't. See, Senior Plus Plus still doesn't understand a word says to him. him. We're it's always like waiting on.
1: Pump charger, it's really like screwed up, and you gotta get it right.
0: Always waiting like, on. Good. Always waiting on you. Nothing new. Nah,
1: keep going. You just can't see my beautiful face.
0: Okay, what's your best memory of the season?
1: Hit my dinger this year.
0: No <laughs> way. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'll never forget it. Where was it? It was a high fastball inside, first pitch, right at my teeth, and I turned on it, hit it over left field <laughs> right up my teeth. <laughs> and I was like, and I smacked that sucker right out the park. Good thing
0: good
2: <laughs> thing you hit it and you didn't eat it. Yeah, that's
1: what, what it was a it was a battle of life or death and I won.
2: God, he thinks he's a thinks he's a two way now. Uh,
1: oh, hey, 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 hey. Maybe,
2: maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe, maybe that's, that's get what him we started. need to do, Carson.
1: Yeah, don't yeah, get me riled pitchers.
2: up. We just, we just need to go out of the country and we'll just become better baseball players. Hey.
1: Whatever way I can become. <laughs> Whatever way it makes me look better. That's the way I'm gonna go.
2: You're
0: making all kinds of noise over there. I think you're charging. Do you uh do you backflip at least? Oh! Did you pimp it? Oh!
1: We're gonna rock down to electric Avenue. Did you pimp
0: it? Did I pimp it? Yeah. No. Well, we I, I pimped you. the next one that didn't go. That's pretty sad. Yeah, <laughs> I, got
1: back, go. I got back. I got back. So I hit the home run. Oh, look who it is in uh, The next uh, two at-bats later, I drive one deep to center, and I was like, yeah! yeah! And I got the first, and then I almost got thrown out at second because I pimped it. I was like, no! Stupid American. Uh, yeah, oh, I get called all kinds of stuff, but I don't know what they're saying. So.
2: <laughs> they're like, uh, la, la,
1: la, la. I'm like, yeah, I love pasta. Like, I don't know.
0: I think for me, my favorite memory was definitely the night we clinched playoffs and uh, just getting to have a champagne beer shower there's nothing better than doing that
1: champagne Um, showers
0: yeah it was fun Um, getting to smash champagne and beer everywhere and do Stone Cold Steve Austin all that stuff nothing like that Um, so that was definitely the best part of my season best memory Uh, the last one from SZ Jeremy Albert 19 what is the hardest part about being in the minors
1: The magnitude of things, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. I don't know. It, for me, it, this year would just be being away from, I think, a team environment, really. Yeah. Because, like, off-field off stuff. I didn't have the same off-field stuff that I've had for the past two years. Yeah. the majority of this season like i did with quebec and i did with like whenever i was traveling around the month before i went to quebec but then just this year the hardest thing for me was just the off off the field stuff just not really having a like outlet to go do stuff really yeah. like the same yeah. amount of outlet like i did with you guys whatever yeah. we put together
2: well it also but doesn't help that. Half of your team doesn't speak English either, though, right?
1: Well, yeah, that, and plus they have full time jobs, so they don't have the uh, the spare time to go like bounce around with me doing nothing. But that's me. That's probably say the hardest part for me this year.
0: Pete,
2: uh, hardest part for me this year, um, I'll probably just have to say the driving honestly because I mean I I had a really good setup with my host family while I was out there and then everything else was just playing the game but I think just because like we said we were only like an hour or two hours away from games last season this year you know our shortest drive was two hours and our farthest was eight (laughs) but I I think that took a little bit of a toll too so
0: I think for me you know, I truly kind of embrace and enjoy the grind, um, as much as a lot of stuff sucks. Like the, the driving. You know, the some of the fields, just a lot of the BS that goes into it. Uh, I think for me, the hardest part is just like the uncertainty, uncertainty uh, day in day out. That really, to me, that that's I think that sucks. That makes that the hardest part. Um, I think the you know obviously the pay sucks. I think if if there was a way
1: <laughs> if there was a way
0: to pay minor leaguers better, it would be not only would it be easier, but I think it would extend careers a lot longer because you can yeah. financially do it. And that's yeah. the difference is unless you're on a major league forty-man roster and you're still in the minors, you're not gonna make enough money to have a pay. Lifestyle during the season. Um, but I think that those are the two toughest parts for me. Just um, you know, the uncertainty that goes in day in, day in day out, uh, trying to get moved up, not knowing if you're going to get moved up. Uh, best stuff is tough.
1: Always wondering if you made the right choice. Yep. The yep. second guessing. Yeah, I'd say that the second guessing is the hardest part because you'll you'll have op- the more you play this game, you'll, the more options you'll have. And, and that comes with just more experience. <clears throat> so next year, you guys, along with myself, we'll have more options next year because that's just how it goes. We'll be ones with built resumes and, and we'll get a little bit more of an idea or an options to go places to play. And once you make that commitment and you go to some place, I feel like the, the constant – like, because you got to think about it. You're like, man, if I went here and I produced like I'm doing now, maybe – it would be me going to this next situation instead of this other guy. Or it's, I think that's a big one. I think it's just always the second guessing of yourself whenever you make a commitment to a team and it's like, it's going well, but you think it might've could have went better somewhere else. So I think that's another big one that would probably be a hard thing that I, every year I've went through that. It's always like, well, if I'd have called this person or went here instead, maybe this would be my situation instead of where it, i'm at now
0: so well, that's that's the thing that the, the resume building is such a key part in what we do the more innings and the more bats that you can get to put on that to show that you know you can consistently perform over a period of time this is what you're going to get out of me that's what what you know ultimately helps you continue to move up the ladder and that's why you know when rookies come in and they say that they're not they're too good to play in the Pecos and they think they're going to go play in the Atlantic League like, right off the bat. Like, it doesn't work like that, man, because those guys, they want the affiliated guys because it shows that they have whatever intangible to get drafted and be at the higher level. And the rookie is a rookie with no stats for a reason, and that he's unproven, so they can't risk taking that that uh, flyer on him. Yep. So, you know That's why... That's why I vouch for Pecos specifics and stuff like that, and just getting your foot in the door, and getting numbers um, any way you can, because uh, it all—it's it's what's going to help you at the end of the day. All right, got the quick fire round. Quick fire. Uh, Got a few questions, and then we'll be done. Uh, favorite bat. Since you're a hitter now, you should have this one
1: down. A wooden one. I swing a B45 271. That's what I swing, and I love it. Three and a half inch. Or three and a half inch. 33 and a half.
0: Three and a half inch.
1: Sorry. Uh, <laughs> different, the <different> wrong bat. <laughs> uh,
0: B?
2: Be- uh, it's called Beaver Bat Company. The, I have the uh, Andrew McCutcheon model and I have the... Favorite batting gloves? Franklin. Marucci.
0: Franklin. Easy. Uh, helmet pine tar, yes or no? No. No. Yes. Ah! Uh, are you a pine tar on the bat kind of guy or do you like using the lizard skin bat grip? Both.
1: Pine tar on the bat.
0: Do both, Pete? Yeah, I do. Oh, God. I do. I'm strict. I'm strictly a pine tar guy. C flap or no C flap? C flap.
1: I've never hit with one on, so I really can't say. But I'd have to say no.
0: I'm a C flap guy. Uh, favorite major league stadium? And actually, hold on. No, that's the next question. Yeah, favorite major league stadium. You don't have to have been to it. It could be any park. I'd say Wrigley.
2: I was just about to say Wrigley as well.
1: Wrigley is just a badass park, man. Yeah. Just a, just, a sweet park. I'd love to go. I haven't been to watch them play at Wrigley. I'd love to go watch a game at Wrigley.
2: Dude, they were, I, I went a lot when I was younger, before like all the renovations and stuff. Yeah. The place was, place was so cool.
1: Yeah, just—it's just, it's just a, that when I think of baseball, I think of like if I was to look at like a visual, repu, like symbol of what baseball could be. I feel like Wrigley's like a good symbol of it. Yeah. How far is that from Ohio? About five hours. Oh, that's not bad at all. <laughs> no. Completely God, wrong. anything under twenty hours is a cakewalk now. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Uh, if you could play for anyone. In the major leagues, but it can't be your hometown – Oh, my favorite stadium was Fenway. I didn't say that. Oh, that's a given. Yeah. If you could play for anyone in the major leagues, but it can't be your hometown team, who would it be?
1: Hmm. I'd probably say Philly just because I've been to Philly before. And that's like – I really enjoyed it there. I feel like playing it in Philadelphia just because there's such a sports like town. I feel like a Philadelphia game plus the opt daddy they'd be like, "Oh, Bryce Harper!" Like I feel like I would get a big kick out of that. The, hop- <laughs> the hop- <laughs> Hopper! <laughs> I
0: would say Philadelphia.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, it's a good one. Considering I can't play for my hometown, uh, I would probably say probably the Cubs. Cubs or the I'd Red go, Sox, I would say, I'd, just because old style, you know. Yeah, I'd, I'd go Red Sox.
1: Oh no way! Well, they're not my hometown team. I honestly okay. would lo- I honestly would love to play in Boston, so I can hear people say, "Yo, that guy with the hair throws wicked high." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do a pretty good Boston accent. I like I'd be it. Be like, yo,
1: that's what I talk about. Me and Johnny Two Snacks over here throw wicked hot <laughs> Johnny Two Snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be a fun one. Carson, Lee, that guy in second base, he he's got wicked smooth hands, man. <laughs> if
0: you could go back in baseball history for one moment, what? Would it be any Eric moment? Gagne, Eric
1: Gagne, Barry Bonds battle. Watching oh, Bonds rank that ball. For sure. I would I would have probably, like, if I could have been, like, behind home plate watching it, oh, my God, I probably would have peed a little bit.
2: Uh, Pete Rose becoming an all-time hit leader. That's a, that good one. a good one. That's a good one.
0: Uh, for me, it would be... I would want to see the year that Ted Williams hit 406. I'd want to see the whole year. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, who was it, Joe DiMaggio? They said that his, during the course of Joe DiMaggio's history, Ted Williams actually had better numbers. that happened in the year? Yeah. Ted Williams <laughs> had better numbers in that span than Joe DiMaggio did. Uh um,
2: So Broke I just that.
0: wanted I would want to see him hit 406. Yeah. His his documentary on Netflix is so good. Oh, I, You have not seen it. People need to go watch that. That was watch awesome. Him. Click
1: on this podcast and go watch it.
0: <laughs> well, finish the podcast and then go watch it. First.
1: No, watch it and then come back and listen to the final two minutes. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, that's it. That's the last question. So go ahead and give you guys a chance to plug the social media accounts uh yeah
1: you're done uh, you want me to crack this up yeah go ahead uh all right everybody well if you want to hang out with me and my hair <laughs> and miss your puss puss and see how i'm living life up here in french country uh you can follow me at cortesis on instagram it's k-o-r-t-e-s-s-i-s uh i know it's you know sounds like a very common name that you could probably easily spelled but it's not you know <laughs> uh that's a pretty, a pretty active vlogger on there i like to do a little everyday update so if you want some daily entertainment give me a follow uh that's about all i got
2: and if you want to follow me and the stick figure that stalks me every day it's uh <laughs> P underscore Yori14. Yori is spelled Y O R G E Y.
0: And you guys all know where to find me. So oh, yeah. <laughs> at CarsonLee5 on Instagram. Um, if you're listening, don't hesitate to send in uh, questions for, for the episodes. I like connecting with the people that, that listen to the show. Obviously, if y'all didn't listen, there wouldn't be a show, so the show's about y'all, so if y'all have a question, send it in. Uh, you know, today we were going to try a live call-in, but nobody wanted to call in, so we did not get a live call-in, uh, but I appreciate you boys, because y'all are both now two-time guests to Down in the Dare podcast, so uh, we'll have to do it a third time. I like this uh, group episode that we did.
2: This was fun.
0: Yeah, it was. I appreciate, I appreciate you guys' uh, last-minute impromptu filling in. It's
2: Truly appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having us uh, on the show there, Mr. Lee. It's definitely a part of it. It's taken up a good chunk of my day that is usually occupied with just conversation with the cat.
0: (laughs) Well, you got to conversate with me and Pete Jorgen instead.
1: I, I, I'm very happy with that. I haven't I haven't spoken English <laughs> haven't. for an extended amount of time in a while, so I'm <laughs> glad you, I can still do it. You haven't
0: you haven't English in a long time. I haven't
1: American in a good like month and a half, and I, I was a little nervous because uh, I didn't know if I would remember some words.
0: <laughs> oh man! All right, you guys. Well, thanks for getting dirty with me on the Down in the Dirt podcast. I will see you guys next time. Bonsoir. And that is the end of episode number 12. As always, thank you for getting dirty with me on the Down in the Dirt podcast.